the new and the experienced agents. We're not we're not going to be talking about because strategies are different for. Welcome to the solution, a real estate podcast where we talk about how to put the consumers first. Exciting, Phil. Exciting. So in, in this series that we have begun, which is our public Zoom room series, yes, we come to the table with different topics on a weekly basis to just have a, a sports talk-like real estate conversation with what's, what we're seeing out there in the industry. So I should repeat myself twice like I hear them on the radio? Is that? <laughs> yes, you should repeat yourself twice like you hear them on the radio. Is that so I should repeat myself <laughs> twice like I like to make sure. <laughs> so today's topic is um, really about growth, right? It's something that we celebrate on our team. It's something that we celebrate in our business. And it makes me laugh because most agents don't or struggle at growing their business. But yet it's not exciting enough to, to, to learn about growth like tactics. Well, that's because a lot of the tactics on how to grow, everybody may have heard them before. Oh. Knows, they, they think, knows what they should oh. be doing. But they're like, can you please tell me the things that are not the hard work items that I can do oh. to grow rather oh. than like the actual hard work items, right? Oh, you mean they're looking for the silver bullet. The silver bullet, if We would have yes. said how to collect checks without doing any work we would have a full room yeah yes 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 that's true um but anyway thank you guys i see jennifer's on the call adam matt wilcoxon good to see you man george carnivir carnier 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 come on come on online come on mute pronounce your first name carnivir carnivir one more time carnivir carnivir you got it I know that we have talked several times and I, you know, one of these days that will stick. You're actually, this might surprise you. You're the only Cara near Cara Veer that I know. <laughs> one of a kind. And you know, you guys, you guys remind me when I was in school, the first day of class when the teacher would announce names and the moment she would pause, I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're a showstopper. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Shannon, we see you out there. Hi to you as well. So, Today's topic, how to grow by 300% over the next three years. You know, Sivan, this is uh, in our public Zoom room forum. What we like to do is invite this conversation to be two ways with you guys. So thank you for tuning in. But we want to know what questions you have, what comments you've got, things that you have done to help grow your business in this dialogue that we have. Of course, we have our notes that we're going to go through. At the end of it all, we're going to send a text message to everybody that joined saying, hey, what'd you guys think of it? Was it on topic? Was it helpful? Is there anything that we should adjust? Your feedback is valuable to us. And if you have future ideas of conversations, let us know. Shoot us a message. So uh, today, though, Phil. Hi, Mary. Good to see you. Good to see you, Mary. I, I always like the people that show the video. Yes. Right? Thank you for showing the video. Even though it appears that or her, the big E. Her, yeah. audio, her audio might not be working. Mary, <laughs> could you put your hand up if the audio is working? No, she's trying to. No, I guess not. I guess All right, not. good deal. All right. So, but I, I do want to talk about today, we're going to be focusing because in coaching agents, right, we have what we call tactics that are for the newer agents and the way that we find um, newer and please don't be insulted if you've been in the business a long time, but if you're not exceeding more than 12 clients a year, that's kind of, you're still, I mean, essentially you're waking up every day chasing 
wondering where it's going to come Wonder from. where it's going to come one from. a month right like it's hard to be newer it's hard to be full-time agent at one a month right that's a lot of hours unless you're doing a lot of luxury you know possibly but then there's the experience agent category which is 12 to 36 i mean to me um when you're 12 to 36 deals a year, 12 to 36 deals a year. And then I have super agents doing more than 36 deals. We're going to focus on the new and experience. And why I say new is because probably more that you, you need more work on creating new clients. If you're only doing 12, right? Like to me, that's probably where you have to focus your energy. So, yes. And so the, the game of creating new clients is a toggle between lead generation and lead conversion yes and most people you know i think why we have this conversation is because i think that 98 99 percent of agents right um they get most of their business from their sphere they do more than 70 percent of their business from their sphere and most of the tactics that we talk on here are how to um convince people that don't already trust you yes to trust you yes how do you convince strangers that you are the best bet for them right and then essentially what that does is it 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 creates a new sphere for you right like to me one of the um because we think of mindset like i always like to cover mindset this would be the mindset portion of the call and that's that you need to create new spheres for 300% growth. Wow. You whole new spheres or just expand your sphere? I don't, I have not seen people grow their business by 300%. Just, I mean, just by talking to their friends. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're doing five deals, just by talking by, um, I think that you could, right. If you're only doing five deals a year, if you wanted to grow by 300%, meaning in three years, you want to be doing uh, 15 deals a year. You could do that by just making sure you added to your sphere and, you know, just worked your sphere, I guess. Okay. But we're talking about 300% growth. So we're talking about how I like the idea of uh, generating more leads, converting more leads that then though that sphere is based on business. That sphere is based on the level of expertise that you bring to a deal. Well, that's what the theme of today is going to be is that because if you're typically, if you're doing less than 20 deals a year, really, you're probably a very good agent, but you're probably not a great agent because if you're a great agent, great agents get lots of, like to me, I mean, I think of the amount of referrals that we're going to do this year is probably in the 50 range 50 deals 50 deals yeah right that came from referrals so obviously if we're talking about people that are doing less than 12 or 36 then if they were we know that i mean it's kind of the idea of getting beyond just the the basic level of training that there's there's skills that you need to add to your quiver in performance for your clients to become to go from being a good or a better or you know a very good to a great agent how that um 
Can we give a shout out to Barb Freestone at AAR? We can give a shout out to Barb. Well, how is so, that? So AAR is the Arizona Association of Realtors. Barb Freestone, who's the director of education and outreach over there, communication, I believe, runs the GRI program. Right. And that is a designation in our world that we think is one of the most valuable designations you can get from NAR. Well, you learn during, I mean, I took the GRI in 2012 and I went there to see how, I, I viewed it as how good am I? Okay. Right. Cause I went there in um, my, I mean, cause I, my mindset could be a little different than some, at the, and I was like, cause it's called the graduate realtor Real institute. institute. Yeah. yeah. It's so, like a master's degree, right? It's actually based on business. Like you should go out and do business before you go to GR. Yeah. And I had completed about 200 transactions before I got into that. And I was more of, I should go there and not maybe learn a lot is what I expected. Yeah. yeah. And what happened? I didn't learn a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then why do you like the GRI designation? Because it still, um, it gave me, um, there was things I didn't know. It wasn't that I, I, I why I like it is cause it tell it's a, it's, it tells you, cause I, I think the agents struggle with how good they are or not. Okay. And I think that because my goal was to become a great agent before I got there. So I was working on all of those skills already. So true. But I think, I mean, in common side conversations that we've had about GRI, you've talked about, you actually learned a lot more in those classes about what you didn't have to do than, than what you had to do. Correct. And that is a valuable piece of efficiency when you're trying to grow. Well, that is super, 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 super. Yeah. No, actually, I, we found out in helping agents grow that they actually spend too much time. I would say 50% of their time doing things that are really wasteful. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Not growth things. Right. right? Yes. And so when you know that you can not do certain things in a transaction, then you can have more time in order to focus on the three words that you love. I think you repeat these three words from Darren Hardy. I don't know. He wrote a book called the compound effect. His mentor, I know it was coming. His, his mentor was Jim Rohn. You know, yeah. you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. So Darren Hardy writes the compound effect. There's three words that you use out of that book more than any other three words. You know, which ones I'm talking about? prospecting, presenting, and negotiating. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's where this is going. And he would have a stopwatch though, right? Where he was interviewing top CEOs of different companies that we've all heard of to ask how much time they spend prospecting, presenting, and negotiating, AKA like the hard work. Yes. Right. Cause the hard work. Seth Godin refers that refers to those things as the hard job, right? The, the hard, hard work. Thing. Yeah. Those are the hard things that yes. you work on, not the easy things that you work yeah. on. Yeah. And GRA class taught me that I could then hand off these, all, all these items right? so that you could focus on the hard work, which is the prospecting, presenting, and negotiating. Right. And then we went from 25 million to 50 million to 58 million to 75 million, which would be a triple. Which was triple from 25 million to 75 million in three years. Right. Exactly. So we yes. kind of want to talk to them about the, I mean, there's, there's lots of pieces. We, um, and then we did it again though. Cause we went from 75 to 200 and how much did we do in 19 and 18? 16, we did 214. Well, the thing is, is right. what you learn about growth is that it doesn't stop as long as you built it on a good foundation. Okay. So I, um, this is the time that I get a little bit personal with my own life, right? Here we go. Ready? I enjoy working on cars. 
off-road in. When you build, and so I would go down as growing up, we would go down to Baja and we would chase for buddies that were racing and like trophy trucks, the Baja 500, the Baja 1000. And we would build our own trucks and we would put more suspension on the truck and then the truck could handle more, comp, more, more complicated terrain, but it wouldn't, but I didn't do anything to the engine. And so it couldn't go that fast. And, but now that I had this better suspension, I needed to then upgrade the engine. You exceeded, you you now exceeded the limits of your engine because now you could handle. I more. could handle like yeah. I got this in. I got this suspension that uh -huh. could soak up everything, but I can't go fast enough unless I'm on a downhill slope. So now let me upgrade my engine so that I can take the suspension to the limits. Because if your engine would have ran too fast, it would have broke your suspension. So what yes. was the point? Okay. So the toggle back and forth building a truck is how do you? Which one do you? Which one are you going to upgrade now? Am I going to take my engine just to the level of the existing suspension, or am I going to make it go a little bit faster, which then leads the other one to go? At what point do you buy the air gun? Is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean an impact wrench? Early. That's yeah. Early. Okay. But um. But that I view in our business as our lead generation and our lead conversion conversations is that we toggle back and forth through the years of our growth between being hyper-focused on generating leads versus hyper-focused on converting leads, right? And so you go back and forth because it is, is it always just pour new leads into the conversation? No, no sometimes no, actually, because in our suggestion to help agents out, it's actually, 99% of the time, actually I had one conversation this morning that wasn't, that's why it's the one out of that, yeah. is that 99% of agents, not saying it's you particularly, Kay, just kidding, no, but 99% of agents usually need to work on conversion strategies. Yes, conversion strategies is where it's at because you, you can buy leads, you can, I mean, to me, you, if you were great at conversion, this game would be really simple. You would just sit in an open house every single day and you, people would walk in and work with you yes. because you were master for right. that conversion. But it, and so we, I think that we should talk more about that piece of that. Let's talk about that side of the game because lead generation is such a, its own, its own conversation that is separate, right? Lead conversion. So now you've got people that walk through your open house or you have friends that know you're in real estate or you've got, uh, mailer that you did that causes the phone to ring. How are we going to turn that conversation into dollars in a bank account? Okay. All right. Let's get after it. Is that cool? Is that, that we're talking about this guys? Anybody want to add anything as we have this pause before we shift into how to's? I'm looking for anybody to unmute themselves. The space bar is how you can do it temporarily. If you push the space bar down, it lets you talk. And then when you let go of the space bar, it will remute you. Let's get after it. All right. So, if I can lead into this conversion, I want to yeah. talk about this gentleman that, that, that I coach. So he's an agent in the Southeast Valley and he sold 11 houses in August and he's going to close 12 houses in September. So he's in the super agent category on our list. Yes, absolutely. Great. Shout out to Mikey. If you're listening. But, um, that's when you know that you're a good converter, right? Like to me, I would say once you can successfully close or, you know, not um, close. Yeah, right? close. You actually probably have to put six under contract to get five to close in the Russell Shaw in our yeah. experience. So once you know that you can close five a month, that's when you know that you're an elite level converter. All right. Right. Like if I want to try and give somebody a bar because 
I know that sometimes people can have a hard time realizing that we're talking to them. And I just want to make sure they know that that's the boss. If you're sell, if you're closing more than five deals, then we can a talk month? about lead generation. Right. Right. Because all you got to do is pour it on at that point. All you got to do is turn it up and then scale and your the, conversion tactics. Yes, exactly. Right. So, um, well then you're going to teach others how to convert is where, where the next path is. Um, but the idea is that you want to, you want to be putting yourself in, you need to be as many conversations as possible when you're the converter. You actually, you just need to get rid of every single activity other than the lead conversion because you're going to make a lot of money. And that was our conversation this morning. But for most people, it's talking about, I mean, to me, it's, um, I would say the number, what do you think the number one thing to lead conversion is past putting yourself, um, cause the, 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 I have a cheat sheet of notes of what we're going to talk about today. So I'm okay. just going to say new conversations. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes, right. You okay. cannot convert even more conversations, right? New, new conversations is it's why if uh, an agent comes to the CBOC team and we teach them how to track, because to me, that is the stat that you need to track the most of how many new conversations you're having. Right. Okay. Okay. About real estate. Right. Cause at some level you need to track, um, then how many of those you have an appointment with? Wow. I, uh, obviously we are trackers of our business. Uh -huh. It is why we have done the amount of business that we've done is because we pay attention to metrics. Yes. Leading indicators. Yes. Right. Remember when we were, when we set out to be listing agents, 2013, 2013, we were like, okay, let's track the number of listing appointments we went on. And okay. Today, uh, zero. I will. Right, well, let's Okay. Okay. Next tomorrow, time. Next tomorrow, time. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, Zero. Okay. Uh, this gets, this sucks. Yes. Zero, zero. Okay. Well, what comes before listing appointments? Well, a pre-listing package, right? right? Like we would send a pre-listing package out to people before we would have a listing appointment with them. So now let's but track. But the pre-listing package is, is past the new conversation, right? True. Right. True. So, so but because if they're starting, we were already having lots of conversations, but we weren't having what is the next to, to me, it, what you're, I just want to talk. I, uh, the point I'm trying to make is that tracking changes your mind, which then changes your business. And, uh, and what I'm trying to explain is just understanding what is, if we're talking about the critical path, it's new conversations, then it's uh, marketing to get an appointment. Then it's, and you're talking about the marketing, which is the, the packet yes. that you send to people that come to your open house called the CMA pre-listing package, but, but go ahead. No, that was when, then we, when we started tracking how many of those pre-listing packages that we would send out, our minds started to expand on different ways that we could steer conversations to give us the ability to send packages. Right. Our right. goal, well, you, what you're saying is, is um, we had to then work on the conversion of a new conversation into a pipeline appointment. Right. Right. I mean, one of the ways is when a buyer would register on the website, we started looking those, every buyer that registered up, we started looking them up in the tax records. Do they own, is it clear that they own the house? Now it's hard when John Smith is the registration, but a lot of times it's whatever their name is. Wait a minute. So your suggestion as a part of this, that your way to grow your business by 300% would be to look up every single person in monsoon 
Monsoon is the public tax record database here in Arizona. Well, I hope if they're yeah. real. Okay, yeah. All right, Carnivore, it's Fresno. It's Fresno. I don't yeah. know what they use in Fresno okay. for public tax okay. record. Yeah. I assume they have something. Right. But if you know, like, okay, but but let's it's go. Actually, well, my let's, cheat sheet. Let's when go. I, when I forget my neighbor's name, that's my cheat sheet. Can we give? Well. Can we give? Let's let's go with. Let's talk about scripts to learn about how you can, because there's there's several ways that you can learn about someone. Because you you made it easy. They hit the website. They gave you a name. They might have given you an address. You look them up in the tax record. But what if it's at an open house? And they walk in, and I get their name. And they how say, do you get their name? I open my hands up really wide, and I have a big smile on my face, and I say, "Welcome to the party." And they crack a little smile, and I put my hand out, and I say, "My name's Phil." And I'm Jeff. I'm Jeff. Jeff, nice to meet you. That's typically how I get an open house visitor's name. Oh, okay. Good I deal. give a sign-in sheet as well. You get a well. first name? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I get a first name. I say, I got a flyer and a sign-in sheet for you, and I give you the flyer, and I let you... I write down a fake name. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Let's go with Madeline Gonzalez. Madeline. Yep. Fake name. Hi, I'm Madeline. Yeah. Hi, Madeline. Nice to meet you. Madeline Gonzalez, your phone number? Great. Did you see the property online, or did you follow the signs? I, I, I saw the signs. Awesome. Great. So... um. It's listed at 400, this property is listed at 400,000, three bedrooms, two baths. It's got a pool. Have a look around. I'm not going to tell you. You go that way. You come back down. And I say, Madeline, do you live in the neighborhood? Yes. Oh, awesome. Are you also on Larkspur? No, we're over in the, in the uh, Cactus Acres. Oh, awesome. How long have you been there? Mm, I think 10 years now. 10 years. Yeah. And you're just thinking that now it's time to upsize or downsize? Oh, we're not looking to move. No, okay. No, no oh, of course not. Of course not. You just walked into my open house and you're having a conversation with a realtor, but you're not looking to move. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. My friend is looking. My friend is yes, looking. Yes, I'm course. just they're moving from out of town and I was just, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and Cactus Acres, is your house bigger than this one, smaller than this one? It's almost double the size of this. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks for the role play, Jeff. Yes, Madeline. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's a convert. That, those are real conversations that we have in open houses. And now I know the first name and the last name. I know that they've been in Cactus Acres for that time frame. That they've got a house that's bigger than the one that I'm standing in. The likelihood of me being able to find you in the public tax record system is high. Right, because in monsoon, we can you when you put in the uh, your person's bot. first name, you can yep. look it up in a map. I can draw a shape around Cactus Acres. Right, and then yeah. that way you can narrow it down to purchase date. Let's say start about seven years ago to 13 years ago. And then there's probably not a lot of Madeline's Gonzalez's that bought in Cactus Acres between those years. Yes. Even if it was Madeline with a different last name that bought and that, that everything else lined up, I would still send that person a package, a pre-listing And package. you would probably put a percentage sign in front of Madeline and a percentage sign after I mean, Madeline. I'm not even worried about okay. technical how to. Okay. I'm talking about when you're searching that public tax record, is it okay if you send a package to somebody that wasn't the right person? Yes. Agreed. Right. Same okay. Here. But that's a mindset shift for a lot of agents. It's a mindset shift for a lot of agents to even do that because some people say, I'm not that aggressive. Right. So where we're going here, if you're, if you're, if you're buying what we're selling is it's doing the same things that you're doing, but doing them this much better, Phil. I can't help but throw it out yeah. there. Yeah. One of my favorite things is, the reality is in be going from being a good agent to a great agent that helps you go like with the parks, they sold 2 million and 6 million and 10 million. And now they're on pace to do 20 million this year on our team is 
by getting a little bit better at each of the pieces. And so far we talked about um, how we find new real estate conversations. And you mentioned the way to find a new conversation was to go to an open house. Yeah. And then you talked about a strategy to, because now that we met somebody, we got to figure out where they lived. And you talked about scripts and tactics to try and get their information. Can I give one more new conversation tactic? Sure. Because it's sometimes people, when they know that we're in real estate or when we're, we are in real estate and we're going to go to a social event and you know a few people's names that are going to be at that social event. What can you do ahead of time in order to have an intelligent conversation with them that leads to potential conversions? Well, I could probably, if I looked up the list of people that were going to be at the event. Or if it's just your friends, let's say uh, it's like a okay, dinner yes. with Bob and Marcy. And I, I would then look up comps in their neighborhood and maybe put a note on my phone about... A recent sale? About a recent sale. Mm -hmm. um, and ask them if they visited that house to spur a conversation about. Maybe you preview all of the active inventory around where they live. That If I knew that they were moving, I would do that. But that's a lot of effort, right? Yeah, it's like, a lot of effort. But I even talk to people that like to golf. And I'm like, if you go out on the golf course. Golfing's different because it's a, it is a... Um, that is a event that you know you're going to be going around the houses. That's more sitting duck, and you only have three people to look up. So no, but even if it's not the even if you golf is with strangers, when you're going to be on that course and there's a for sale sign and they know that you're in real estate, what are they going to ask you? What's the price of that house? Right. What does that look like? No, then yes. that was my point though. Then you would know that you would go preview that house because you're playing golf. Like so, Adam, our Producer, studious producer, yes, is AKA going a listing manager. AK listing managers going to play Acatillo this weekend. Okay, okay. If so, you, as a boss, gave him any time off ahead of that, he could preview. Well, the great thing about <laughs> growing three hundred percent, guess what? It's not going to happen during business hours. You're going to have to work a little extra. But, but he would. Love I'll go preview those for him if he takes me golfing. What's up, man? I said I'll go preview those for him if he takes me golfing. <laughs> great that's Matt. right what comes first the chicken but, or the egg? but what you what you're saying is is you would go into mls and you would look up golf course houses and then draw a map around acatillo golf course and see if there's any on there and then you would go preview the ones to yes to change the conversation because Having new conversations is great, but then when you're tracking the metric of how many new conversations you have that lead to appointments, yes. what we're trying to help people understand is what you say in that conversation matters whether you get an appointment or not. Well, I mean, there is no, yes, this is a lead conversion strategy. And we'll, we might even, I think we should cover just the standard conversation in case, um, I mean, if they're listening on the call, I think that we should talk about it. it, it it's a... Uh, how do we find, how do we deliver value in a, um, a new conversation where you don't know where the situation is? Okay. So this is separate from the, you have got, you've got targets where you can do previewing and you can prepare yourself because you know where that conversation could go because you know where they live. Yeah. So now switching tone, switching the tone. What is your generic go-to information that is still winning conversation? Yeah, and, right. it, and this is again going, this is 
going from the I'm a good agent to becoming a great agent, I mean, first of all, you have to recognize that when you're having a conversation, let's say you're having a, a standard Ford conversation, family, family, family occupation, recreation, dreams, which is the way, way most conversations go if you're not a realtor, right? Family, you, that's how you, when you- How are the kids? Hey, yeah. How's oh, work? Right, what's going on? Right, like, yeah. Okay, but when you do that, when you're having a conversation with anybody and they ask you about real estate, you have to know that now your red light is on and it's why you have to have the conversation this way because for that lead to become a prospect, you have to deliver value and you have about 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. Are we about to hear Jeff Seabuck's version of this? I feel like you're getting, you're yeah, getting you're ramped getting, up here. Like, so, 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 oh, uh, hey, Jeff, long time no see, man. Oh, oh my God, you moved from Tennessee? <laughs> That's where Matt moved from. That's why. I, oh, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, it's great to see you. You too. What have you been up to? You know, um, just uh, trying to get my, my kids, um, my one's going into college. The other one is in her second year. I'm just so proud of them, just trying to help them, you know, uh, launch into their professional lives. Awesome. You still selling houses? I am. I am. I, you know, it's a kind of the passion of mine. It's been real good. We kind of have a team. Yeah. Nice. How's the market area these days? Oh, you know, yesterday when I looked, there was 8,247 homes on the market. Right, so that's valley-wide, 75 miles by 75 miles here in the Phoenix metro area. There was a little over 8,000 homes on the market, and then sounds last like, sounds like a lot. Uh, that well, I mean, the typical inventory in the Phoenix metro area is usually three to five months, which would be probably around 25,000 to 30,000. So technically, it's not a lot. And and here's why: is last month we sold. 9,252 homes. So let's say 9,000, and we only have a little over 8,000. So we, we technically have less than one month of supply. Would you, I mean, the general, like I said, is three to five months of supply. So supply is, no, is low. And then also because interest rates are at the lowest ever, demand has begun to rise. So I don't really know what's going to happen in, with it, but I mean, right now it's pretty pretty active. Wow, you think prices are at the top? Well, <laughs> sorry, I'm just giving you the hardball one. Right? Yeah, prices yeah. are at the top. So does that mean we're in a bubble? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is is we're we're lower than the if you take um, actually. Let me be real is where that conversation usually goes is that then the client would tell you a version of themselves in real estate. They describe they would then they, talk about, Oh my God, you know what? I totally saw that when I was looking on Zillow is really hard to find something for sale. Yeah. Right. Like they respond with what they're experienced in it. Right. Was. So the goal though, at that point then is to turn the conversation into where do you live? Right, we have to find out. Oh, cool! So when they I'm went, in a 60 day rental, we just right. Moved so here. I I like to go to the. I, I think this is one of your book chapters, and that's the guess wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. to. So you live in Chandler? No, dude, I'm in Glendale. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I always forgot. So you live in Arrowhead Lakes? I forgot. I, I was thinking it was my other friend, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you. No, We were like 57th and Bell. Yeah. <laughs> You're in South Arrowhead. Yeah, okay. South, yeah. <laughs> Arrowhead Ranch, not okay. Arrowhead Lakes. Yeah. All right. yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you don't know their first name and last name, but the same thing, it's the same theory. We got to look that person up when we get home, and that person has to get a what we call a CMA. Is it really a CMA, though? It, the, the industry why, calls do call, it. why do we call it a CMA? Because it used to have comps. But we were just leveraging the comps, which is the relevant information about somebody's house value, to, to get them to look at our marketing materials, which was on the other side of the folder. Hold on. You don't send people comps anymore? Not in the CMA, not in the first version. Not ever. No, no, no. never. We never send comps, ever, because they have it already, right? Like... The thing is, Zillow has 218 million visitors a month because oh. people already estimate what they know. I am the literal guy here, Jeff. Okay. We sometimes send comps. When? As a automated follow-up strategy after we have a conversation with the seller. Okay. You're saying post-listing appointment, we send comps. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Right? Is like, that the only time you would send somebody comps? Well, I mean, you review them with them in front of them on the computer. So the answer is yes. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. yes. No, we, we um, the, if you watch the pre-listing, because I think if somebody Googles pre-listing package and they come up with guys online, that is the, that is a pre-2015 strategy is deliver comps before the listing appointment. Now you're just wasting your time. Right. Again, like what we said is most people are, wasting their time yeah so what actually you know what the comps change right like now when you go to a listing appointment the comps that you have to be ready for <laughs> are what is the value of their home based on realtor.com's data what is the value of their home based on redfin's number what is the value of their home based on zillow's number right like if you don't those now when we talk about comps we've got to make sure that we're including what those numbers are so that you can be prepared for what they think their house is worth and I think if we're really tr truly looking to, to grow our business by 300%, we have to begin collecting database information into a centralized database. No doubt. That is like, that is, that's, the, that's the annuity that is business. Right. Like, so to me, you have to start, I mean, this is a strategy that I started. It was in 2012 and I wrote, and I had 316 names and now we have how many? We just crossed over 40,000. Right. So um, if you're not collecting names into a database, looking up to see whether they own a house or not, growth is not, will not happen. The only way that growth can happen is if you are in the database game. All right. So in the lead conversion, what, one of the things that now here we are running the CBOC team for, are we eight years? Is it official? We crossed the eight-year mark, 2012 in August, and now we're 2020. Because if, if you count 12, August then it's 12. nine. Uh, oh, fair enough. Okay. Oh. So here we are. So, so here okay. we are um, running the team this long. What's interesting to me is that the conversation that we're having to convert leads has changed. A lot. It is not something that sits still. So, you know, how to grow your business by 300% over the next three years is understanding how to in a low inventory environment, what are your methods to, to accomplish that? Well, I because think, that's different than, let's say that this market turns, it's a different conversation at that point. Well, but right now it's a low inventory environment. But it's also a client 
um, has everything at their fingertips. Because I think that the in that conversation about low inventory, it's also um, the conversation now because we no longer have to handle the toughest question in real estate. Should I buy now? Right. That was the, that like, as being a successful real estate 13, agent, 13, 14, ago, 15, 16, we struggled. I mean, because remember the last presidential election, we were just looking at our numbers. A third of the amount of sales in September and a third in October than what we're doing now because we were fighting with, should I buy? Should I buy? Not where, how can I find a house right. that so I'm we, willing to we, buy? We had which to. Which is the current problem. Right, because now it's the low inventory and it's the, they're already hot and ready. They're, like, like, I think that the recognition, obviously, if we're selling less than 36 houses. <laughs> you know, well, here's the funny thing is, I, we're, gonna, we're getting close to wrapping this up. I know that we're getting close on time. So um, this meeting, we have an agent on the, this week's meeting in our team meeting. We had an agent that we highlighted because she's got 30 transactions this year, which is three times as many as she had years, last year, the year before, and the year before. And we said, hey, what's the difference in your business? You remember her answer? Yeah, she said the leads are better. The leads are better. All I'm no, saying is this conversation that you just had about they're ready to buy now when they come in is that they weren't ready to buy when they came in four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, know, like they are but, now. But I think that we're overselling instead of asking what they want to see with the leads. Okay. What do you mean? Like, I think that there's um, agents get are still like how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, what are you looking for? As like that's their main go-to script. Yes. Yeah. And that is yeah. that is a no. That no. is like the thing is is now it's it's um, is there one out there you didn't want to see? What is the house that you saw online that you want to see next? It is. Yeah. It, I um I, I I've got this story from after that conversation we then worked with another agent and I said when you're out previewing and you find a house that is either coming soon maybe off market maybe it's got a post in front of it but it's not on the MLS yet. And you can dangle that carrot to people in your database with a video. That is a conversation starter, right? Back to how we have more conversations. There's a lot of leads that we get in this industry that don't respond. The hardest objection for our agents to overcome is silence. Yes. How do you convert somebody from being silent to responding? I, well, the, girl, the agent that just grew her business by 300%, she, she said she, it's weird, she texts them or emails them a video uh, of a house that they're interested in of a house that it fits the criteria of that, what that they were interested that in. they saw yeah yes like the get out of your chair it's so hard it's so easy in this industry to sit in your chair and be like okay today i'm going to work on my fill in the blank from my desk right i'm going to sit in my chair and i'm going to look at i'm going to use my computer and hopefully business falls in my lap because i'm doing fill in the blank. So we're going to do a wrap up on some of the, all of the activities, but I think one is, is making sure that you set up a custom search for everybody so that you can see where they're looking. Okay. Right. But what if you don't know their criteria? Just send them a list anyway. Guess right. wrong. Guess wrong. Then yeah. let them correct let, you. Well, Dude, here's what's sending me houses in Scottsdale. Well, I mean, it's why we went with sync for a database, but we like mostly about it was that people can search on their own. Edit their searches. Edit their searches. Yeah. yeah. So to me, 
um, it's it's funny that it's really just basics that led to the explosive True, growth. But, I mean, one of the benefits of our MLS system, and I, I don't know how other MLSs across the country go, is that we can set up automated search, searches for sold homes. And sometimes that is the most relevant content for a seller or a, like, how do you automate past client communications? And one way we do that is by sending them relevant properties around their house, set it, set it up once. And then they'll, you know, if you, you can set it to send once a week, if you would like, where they don't get bombarded, but at least they know what's going on around their house yeah. and you're staying relevant and in communication with them. I think you're leading to, um, everybody's looking with someone that has local area expertise. True. Right. And to, sellers. to me, yeah, good, good to great. And the, the same thing that when we're talking about the open house strategy is the way that you win more, the way that you become a great agent is being a area expert, not just the uh, restaurant, yeah. not just the, yes, I got, you have to know that when they, to guess wrong neighborhoods, you have to know the, neighborhoods around yeah where you know how many agents aren't aware of what side of the street either north or south or east or west or are even addresses versus odd addresses or what side of central or places versus lanes okay like, so let's start this phoenix is a perfectly planned city and all of the addresses follow a certain cadence yeah but even my assumption is that even in fresno if you have one two three main street versus 1024 Main Street, you, if you're knowledgeable enough about that area, you're going to know that that is over here versus over there. Yes. Just based on that fair. address. No, fair. Right? Yes. And that's something that okay, pre pre previewing right. helps you understand that, right? Which helps you. Those are like little tidbits that you can leverage in conversations that not everybody's familiar with. Well, we know that converting conversations into prospects that lead to deals is that you have to ooze area expertise more than you are currently. Yeah. And I think that when the agent's selling less than 12 houses or 15 houses, it's more of a despondent, <laughs> like they're, they spray around and they haven't worked on their area. And to me, where the most growth can come is by putting more work in it. In a, yeah, well, marketing is not a one-time event and you have to pile in as many touches with someone as possible and working a closer region is, is the way. I mean, to me, if you haven't, if you've had less than a hundred sales, you have to work on getting good at the transaction. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, but once yeah. you've sold 150, 200, then you want to narrow in on the specific area. It's interesting. I, and thank you guys for tuning in and you, Jeff, I, another point that, you know, it seems like, I feel like this, podcast in particular this public zoom room has been packed packed full of little golden nuggets that people of all aspects whether they're new experienced or super are going to be able to take away from um don't be afraid don't always be about the money that's what i want to leave it as is, is have we sold houses for free yes has, have we actually come have we paid money like were we I negative actually, on houses that i was sold? actually looking at the the our pipeline and I almost close a free house a month. Right. And it's don't don't always be about the money. Sometimes like the value of having deals and doing more deals and having sold signs in neighborhoods. You can't run your business off of doing it that way forever, but there is a value of getting experience when you're chasing opportunities and not necessarily 
I mean, we we didn't get to it, but well, I think the other thing is is that we we in our growth path have done a better job of working our database and our clients than we ever have, and that has also been a, a pile on effect to what it is because we know if we get a client that we're gonna we can turn that into we've got to love them for right. a long time. Yes. Yes. Attention. We want to do a wrap up though. Let's like, hear it. Uh, Can you wrap up all the wonderful points that we just shared? Mm. I'll let I'll let you do the wrap up. I mean, I think maybe we do just five five key points. Okay. Um, one is make a goal and track how many new conversations you have, right? Conversations with new people on a weekly basis. That number must continue to ascend until you get to rough, like the goal would be, uh, you know, 35 a week, right? So if you're looking to grow, if you want to do, if you want to grow your business by 300%, you have to talk to 35 new people on a weekly basis. We love open houses. We love um, volunteering, social events, getting out of your chair, going, putting yourself in the path of opportunity, door knocking, Whatever it takes, or, or, yeah, web or, leads that lead to phone calls. Yes, or p- calling your past clients. Yep. Um, uh, All right, track new conversations. What else? Second is um, track the amount of appointments that you have, right? Because that is yep. something that also, because then it's, it's um, I think it's more about the recognition. I think it's working on the, your, conversation the what i would call the just like i i get it dude track the number of appointments per week what's number three um i was talking about the, the having that conversation where you talk about how's the market like that has to be a, a rock solid con- can i give you number three then okay practice your presentation practice your presentation right and right your presentation is conversations with new people old people open house people is write out your script about how, what you're going to talk about to make sure that you execute at the highest level every time you're having a conversation. And then to see, has that increased your number of conversations to appointments? Because that ratio should start to close where, to me, a good one is, is that you're meeting with one out of six people you talk to, right? If you're not meeting with one out of six, then you know that your presentation is weak. Number four. Number four is... Um, uh, prepare more for the meetings that you're going to have, right? Meaning so that you're uh, not only practicing your presentation, but that's going to previewing. Like it's becoming the area expertise. Yeah, I almost had, I was going to say for number four is get out of your chair more than you think you should. Go out into okay. the field. Which okay. is preparing for meetings. I mean, it's all kind of wrapped around there, yeah. right? Yeah. And then number five, do um, more deals. Do yeah, and then in parentheses, don't worry about how much you're getting paid. Right, right. Stop worrying about that. The key to growing your, you want to be great. Okay, you want to be great. Let, let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up with a story. You're gonna wrap it up again. You already wrapped it up. I know, but this is the wrap up of the wrap up. <laughs> okay. So I worked for, and I was mentored by an agent. Yeah. And he told me, I said, "Well, do you ever discount?" And he prided himself on not discounting. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I look at deals a little differently because I'm more of 
I mean, what I learned over time is that if you have to do, if you do, anyway, back to the story. But I focused on more clients at any commission rate, right? Like to me, because I sucked, right? I only had sold 17 houses total. A lot of times I would get into deals and I was just doing whatever I could to, to win because I, I needed to feel the power of winning five deals a month. Like I was, yeah. well, no. The game had not slowed down yet. No. You were it, still not knowing where they were going to be right. coming from. So I, I started with selling a house for free to get a buyer, yeah. right? Because I had no experience selling houses. And that strategy, meaning just getting as many deals, has led to my growth. Because I've always been more deals, more deals, more conversions, more conversions. And I, was, I didn't care if I didn't get paid on a deal, right? Because it's because that client base now has grown to over a thousand. And now we're winning because I, you know, it's why I was doing rentals. It was just the more clients that you have allows you to get more referrals. And the better you do, what people don't realize is the better they do on every client, whether you're getting a thousand dollar commission or a 500 hour commission or not, if you do a rock star job for everybody, long-term your business begins to double, quadruple and 10 X. Jeff Seabach, Bill Sexton. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you. Appreciate you. He, he's still doing. Matt, is yeah. there? Oh, go ahead, Matt. Oh, oh no, I was just saying, appreciate you. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate you being from Tennessee. Well, you know, we do what we do. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thank you, guys. Really appreciated that, man. Quality. Thank you. Appreciate it. How's EXP treating you? Hey, it's good. I'm getting more experience with my new uh, uh, guy. You got any deals under in escrow yet? Uh, nah, uh, we put a offer in, but the guy, guy's offer didn't get accepted, so he kind of fell off. I'm still trying to like learn the game. But how did you find I, that lead? I'm sorry. How did you find the lead that you offered for? My mentor just gave it to me. He's like, "Hey, get work with." Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Out of boy. Way right. to go, Gunvir. More yeah, deals. Thank you. thank you. Later, guys. Thank you. See you. Bye.